What's going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his bedroom is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody? Hey, hey, everybody. What is going on? Drew, welcome back, man. You have definitely been missed. I'm sure nobody wants to hear only my voice on this uh, show. So I appreciate you uh, coming back. Uh, for all those that haven't caught two bays in a pod, feel free to go to our website to listen now. Brad Potter was our returning guest, so it is a fun episode that you're going to want to listen to. Uh, also, guys, in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the Raiders and Chiefs, uh, the Lakers uh, signings, and a little bit of some Fresno State football. So stay there and please enjoy. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, I am so excited to be here. Uh, I am sorry I've missed the last couple of weeks. Honestly, it's been my fault. So I am sorry for all you avid listeners. Um, Life is busy, man. (laughs) And uh, it has been very hard. Uh, My wife has had to work a lot of nights. And uh, my son needs a lot of attention. Uh, I've been trying to uh, navigate, trying to go back to work a little bit. So it has been a crazy, crazy month for me. So I do apologize, but I am glad to be back. My wife was a little reluctant to let me back, but she was nice (laughs) enough because uh, she was like, well, since it's only your son, my daughter is out and about with my in-laws so uh you know my uh my wife said okay you can you can do it (laughs) so i'm i'm so happy to be back uh cody you did a great job holding the fort down uh the last episode that we had uh that you that you did solo was was really good and and uh i i encourage anyone uh who's listening to this go back and listen to it uh we might have a few repeats because i want to you know uh talk a little bit about uh what you had said the last couple of weeks so mm-hmm. uh you know go back and listen to that and then come back and listen to this one so <laughs> but uh having said all that cody how you doing man i'm doing good man just been busy got thanksgiving coming up well we're recording this on tuesday night so thanksgiving technically hasn't happened yet so when y'all listen to this it will be thanksgiving so happy yep. turkey day for those listening and yes, uh, happy thanksgiving anyways, everyone but anyways, it has been crazy, obviously, during the holidays and then trying to figure out what we're doing with family. California is in the purple tier. So now everything's shut down again. So trying to fit a workout in in between somehow has just been it's been an obstacle, man. So but yeah. all in all, we're we're good, man. How about yeah, you? You know, I thought I thought with um, uh, with us going to purple tier, obviously, gyms have been closed again and that's that kills me mm-hmm. uh so i have a stationary bike uh that i ride so i was like oh i'll just ride that in the morning i still somehow have to wake up at 5 a.m still uh i thought i'd get <laughs> to wake up later but uh you know unfortunately i do not so um oh well you know i just you gotta roll with the punches and hey it'll get me it'll keep me into my uh into my routine so um, you know, you just gotta, you gotta deal with it, I guess, but, uh, hopefully we'll open up back soon. We had a huge game this past Sunday night, uh, with the chiefs and the Raiders and drew, I know you and I were texting about this back and forth and, uh, 
you know, I got to say going into this game, you know, Patrick Mahomes essentially a revenge game against the Raiders for losing to us earlier this week in their own stadium. I thought that the chiefs were going to blow us out. I thought Patrick Mahomes was going to go absolutely bananas on us. Boy, was I wrong because Derek Carr showed out and obviously a late interception, you know, ended the game, but I mean, everybody on Twitter, all the announcers, you and I were talking that Derek Carr just played probably his best football we've ever seen him play against the Chiefs. And if he ever wanted to make a statement that he is for real and he is the real deal and all those all those doubters um, need to just be quiet and let him play, you know, he sure showed them to, you know, that his game speaks for himself. So the Raiders, obviously their defense let us down towards the end, which has always been a problem for us in late game situations, which is, you know, we got really lucky against the chiefs (laughs) when we beat them originally as Raider fans were used. (laughs) Yeah. Used to the defense. Yeah. But we did have, uh, we did get Patrick Mahomes to throw a second interception. So the only two interceptions he's thrown all year have been to the Raiders. Um, that's right. Granted, again, our defense has, you know, in coverage schemes, especially, I wouldn't say it's our linebackers. Did we need more pressure up front? Sure, we did. But honestly, our coverage blew it again for us. Um, you know, and I'm referencing to the game winning throw that Mahomes did to Kelsey, where uh, Jonathan Abrams basically went towards Mahomes to essentially stop him from rushing, which he baited him into. And then, you know, just threw a, a beautiful ball to Kelsey and he, and he blew his assignment essentially. So I know that you had some feelings about Jonathan Abram and how he plays, but I just want to get your thoughts on what you thought of the game on Sunday. Well, yeah, as you said, we, you and I were texting back and forth and uh, my wife would tell you, um i was screaming like i was in the like i was in the stadium i was just up in arms i was yelling i was like that's bullcrap that's a bullcrap call you can't call that you know my wife was like okay <laughs> it's not that serious i was like whatever this is a big game <laughs> so big game, I, was, brother. I was just like such an intense person um it was it, it was a it's one of those it, it was a loss that, uh, yeah, of course, I don't either the Raiders lose. It was one of the losses. I actually felt better about the Raiders than if, well, I, I don't know if I would have felt better if they would have won. Um, but I don't know. In a, in a sense, I kind of feel like they did win mm-hmm. because everyone keeps saying the Chiefs are the number one team. The Chiefs are the number one team. Who's going to beat them? Right now in the NFC, we have no idea who could. I mean, the, I don't think the Packers could match up well. I think honestly, the best team that could match up with the Chiefs would be the Rams, and I'm not confident mm. about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying anything negative towards the Rams. They've they've done a lot better than I. Well, I shouldn't say that they've done a lot better than I thought, but they have looked really good. Um, and um, you know, they I I just I I don't know about their offense. Their running game is is a little bit uh, troublesome. So. With the Chiefs, I mean, listen, they have all these weapons. Travis Kelsey is a beast. There's no denying it. We could have tried to slow him down a little bit. As you referenced, the last play um, was Jonathan Abram, and, and I, I'll get to that in a second. But um, you and I were talking about it. Tyreek Hill, he had over 100 yards. He had, I want to say, eight catches. I think um, he had 11. Did he have 11? Oh, my I think God, so. that's even worse. Uh, but anyway, 
it didn't seem like he dominated the game like a lot of people would think, if that makes sense. Yeah, so he had it was 11, more so, of the so Tyreek's stats. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, Tyreek's, you're good. Tyreek's stats was 11 receptions, 102 yards. So he only averaged nine yards a catch, but still 11 catches off of 14 targets, and he had one touchdown. Kelsey had 10 targets, eight receptions, 127, so 16 per uh, catch, and he had a touchdown. Um, other than that, those were the – I mean, you have Demarcus Robinson had six, but yeah. Kelsey and Hill were obviously his go-to targets this um, yeah. you know, Sunday night. Well, I mean, let's be honest here. The, the, Tyreek Hill is a superstar. Um, Travis Kelsey is a superstar. Patrick Mahomes is a superstar. Mm-hmm. You're not going to stop them. I mean, you you can kind of slow them down. And I felt like, honestly, the game plan with Tyreek Hill was fine. They kept everything that Tyreek Hill had in front of them. Mm-hmm. They didn't let him burn our defenders. And I thought that was fine. I'm mm-hmm. okay with him having 11 catches, 100 yards. I honestly am. Because as long as you're keeping everything in front of him, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You, because he's so fast, you have to respect it. I'd rather you just give up these little dink and dunk passes and tackle him immediately. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was great. Um, you know, and here's the thing if Mahomes keys on Kelsey and Hill the whole time, uh the you know, the the defense is going to keen in on that and they're gonna stop it. And as you said, I mean, Kelsey had eight catches, Hill had eleven. The next guy was Robinson with six catches, only 44 yards, three catches from Daryl Williams, three catches from Pringle. I mean, and then a bunch of one catches from uh, like four other guys. So Mm -hmm. in a sense, the Raiders did a great job on Mahomes saying, all right, you can you can have your two guys, but you're not going to anyone else because, listen, we know that Kelsey is going to get their numbers. We know that Hill's going to get his numbers. So we're just going to stop everyone else. And that's exactly what they did. And when push came to shove, like in pressure situations, Mahomes really had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And that was great. And then we we put a little pressure on him. I love, I just want to have a shout out to um, the Raiders signing Vic Beasley. I wanted Beasley in the beginning. He hasn't done anything with Tennessee Titans. You're here, But I'm going to tell you this, that guy has got to be on a mission now. With him being released by the Titans, there is no way he wants to go to the Raiders and fail. Mm-hmm. And right now, him and Max Crosby, they could be a dynamic duo. They really can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like that signing. Um, and then we got uh, McKinley, Tack Tack McKinley, um, who, yeah. who released. I, I want to say by the Saints, uh, 49ers, just recently. Uh, he was originally with the Falcons. Falcons, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, he was the with the Falcons, then he went to the Niners. He was released again because he failed the physical. Or well, I guess no, there was there's a team in between. I think it was so he got released from the Falcons originally. Saints, I think, uh, uh, picked him up, failed mm-hmm. their physical. 49ers right. and picked him up, You're and right. then he failed his physical. Now he's with the Raiders. So yeah. I guess my concern is, what's the cause <laughs> of physical those, <laughs> the failed physicals? You know, yeah. and then all of a sudden magically he's got to pass his physical with the Raiders, which then concerns me because what was the why was he failing before? But I digress. Anyways, yeah. it's a valid question. I mean, you can't. <laughs> it's one of those things you have to think about. But um, yeah, I, I I think those are good signings. Listen, the Jonathan Abram thing, 
I, I told you this. You and I had talked about this already, and I think you and I were in agreement. Jonathan Abram needs to bulk up and go to linebacker. He's a big hitter. Uh, that's what he looks for, and that's great. But as a strong safety, you also have to cover, and he's not a great coverage guy. And if he were at linebacker, I know people are going to argue, well, linebackers have to cover too. Yeah, but not as much. And the issue with Jonathan Abram is he looks to hit first and then later on trying to go after the ball. And that's where we ran into trouble. He left Travis Kelsey wide open. Mm -hmm. If you see exactly what you were saying, Mahomes steps up into the pocket like he's going to run, baits Abram, and it's like, Abram, let him run, dude. Mm -hmm. He the, the worst that's going to happen is he's going to get a first down. He was not going to score. He was not because once he crosses that line, now you know, okay, he's all he's free game. Okay. I Jonathan Abram is either got to be smarter at the safety position or he's got to bulk up and become a linebacker because there's too many plays in every single game that I look and I go, who's on that cut? Abram. Mm-hmm. And I had really high hopes for Jonathan Abram. I think he can still be a very good player, but something's got to change. Mm-hmm. And I'm still a believer in Paul Gunther needs to be gone. I don't think yeah. he's made this defense any better. No. Honestly, they were talking, like John Gruden said, when we were really high on firing Paul Gunther, mm-hmm. he said that they were going to make some, some uh, minor changes here and there. And I think Rob Marinelli has a little bit more push on the defense. And I think that's what you have seen is that defensive line has gotten a little bit better each week. Mm-hmm. And the linebackers have played a little bit better. They actually bench Littleton and put Morrow in and Morrow has played better yeah. than, uh, than he has in previous years. So, and we've seen a lot more of Heath and yes. in the game with the Broncos, he had two turnovers, um, yes. you know, from his doing and Heath obviously was with the Cowboys when Marinelli was with the Cowboys as yes. well. And you've so. seen more Malik Collins, too, yep. at the D-tackle position. I will say, though, that Trayvon Mullins, though, played really well on Sunday. Oh. I was really impressed by yep. him. He was uh, – there was a couple of times where he had it thrown directly to him while he was covering Hill. Did not did not back down one bit. And I would say he probably saved about, for sure, at least three big receptions that would have changed significant momentum. And he also um, – he caused the turnover – um, and there was one instance where he broke up a touchdown like right away. And it, it basically, he locked down whoever he was around. And yeah. one of the things I was really upset that Gunther didn't do is I don't know why he put the rookie Arnett on Kelsey majority of the game. I did not like that matchup at all. Yeah. You know, you're giving up about 60 pounds to Kelsey and you're giving up about four inches in height. So Mahomes are, yeah, Mahomes was just eyeballing Kelsey the whole game because he's not stopping him. Yeah. You know, that, that'd that be like putting me on Gronkowski. I'm not doing nothing to prevent that. It's yeah. just going to happen. I'll, so I'll play devil's advocate a little bit. I will say Damon Arnett is still learning. So my thought is this. Travis Kelsey understands coverages like none other. Damon Arnett, he's a rookie. Yes, he's a first-round pick, but he is still learning. He's been injured uh, for a good portion of the year. Um, and so he hasn't gotten all that experience yet. So I agree with you in the fact that he shouldn't have been on Kelsey. Um, he's a good cover guy, but let's be honest. Kelsey 
right now is a smarter NFL player than Damon Arnett. Arnett is still in the learning process. Mm-hmm. I think Arnett is good. I hope that he will be at the level that Trayvon Mullen has been at. I think he can be there right now, or not right now, but I think he can be there maybe next year or in a uh, year after that. But I agree with you. I don't think Arnett should have been on Kelsey. I feel like Arnett could have been on like, uh, you know, Hardman or Robinson or Pringle. I mean, Pringle killed us. And uh, well, I don't want to say killed us, but he, he had some some big catches here and there for first downs. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, Arnett is a good aggressive cornerback. He could have really roughed up Pringle. I don't think Pringle would have would have beat Arnett. So um, that's kind of what I would have done. But I mean, I, in in all honesty, that's kind of nitpicking everything. One guy that had a really good game, though, was Nevin Lawson as well. Yeah. He, he did a, a really game. good job. He was on Tyreek Hill a lot more than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been, he's been getting up there. Ever since Arnett got injured, Lawson has kind of stepped up, and he's done a pretty good job. Isaiah Johnson has done a good job as well. I don't, I don't want to uh, forget about him, but... Uh, Lawson, I was kind of almost done with him. And since Arnett has been injured, um, he really stepped up to the plate and really has played uh, some good football. So I did want to have a shout out to him. Well, all right. I, I mean, that, that, that was, that was good Raider Chiefs talk. Honestly, I, I, I love talking about Raider Chiefs and here's the thing, just a little bit before we go to break here, the Chiefs are not wanting to play the Raiders. They are not wanting to play the Raiders at all. And currently, they will be. So at this very moment, the Chiefs don't want to see the Raiders again. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about playoffs here. Um, watch out for these Raiders. Because the one thing that they do well is they have really good time of possession. They know how to run the football. They're a running team. But also when they need Derek Carr, Derek Carr has stepped up all year. And that's where I'm going to leave it because we're going to talk a little bit more about Derek Carr after the break. All right, guys, welcome back. Um, kind of teased it a little bit, Cody. Uh, we kind of know a little bit about what you were talking about, but let, let's talk about this. You and I were legitimately, after this game specifically, we were talking, actually, probably a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this. I believe wholeheartedly that Derek Carr should be an MVP candidate. Um. He's not going to have these high passing yards every single game. I mean, you look at the Cleveland game, that <laughs> we we legitimately couldn't do anything because the win was crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, I'm not saying Baker Mayfield is on Carr's level, but Baker Mayfield did nothing. It was all running the whole time. I mean, basically what it was, and Carr was just making the throws when he needed to. Um, but in this game, Carr threw 31 times, and I got to be honest, it was a quiet 31, but he had 23 completions. I mean, he was a beast. Mm-hmm. It seemed like he couldn't miss. Um, and Josh Jacobs, he was running fine, um, but they were stacking the box. And so Carr was like, all right, I'll just throw it then. Mm-hmm. And Aguilar had some big catches. Yes, he had a big drop. We all know that. A couple of big drops. Um, Darren Waller, I was t- I texted you this. Darren Waller was playing angry, man. Yeah. He was just like catching the ball. And every time he was getting up, he's all, where are we going next? Where are you? He was just like so pumped. I was like, oh my God, calm down, man. <laughs> um, but the what I see here, Aguilar and Waller were the most consistent receivers. Everybody else, 
Renfro, two catches. Zay Jones, one. Derek Carrier, one. Alec Ingold, he dropped two, yeah. um, but had one catch. Josh Jacobs had a catch. Henry Ruggs had a catch. Devontae Booker had a catch. Jason Witten had a catch. Brian Edwards had a catch. I mean, he spread the ball. And that's exactly what we were talking about with Mahomes was mm-hmm. the Raiders did a good job. Yes, he was keen on a couple of receivers, but he couldn't spread it. Right. Carr was spreading it everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, every receiver, you were like, well, where the hell is he going to go next? I mean, mm-hmm. we have no idea. So, listen, Carr has done this his whole career. If you haven't followed him, go look. Carr just throws it to whoever's open. And I think that's been the most underrated thing about him. And it's crazy to say, mm-hmm. but he's he's so accurate. You go back to Fresno State. Okay, this is fresh in my mind because I remember watching it. Derek Carr had Devontae Adams, Isaiah Burse, and Josh Harper. All three guys had 1,000 receiving yards in that year. 1,000. Three guys, mm-hmm. Cody. Three Devontae Adams, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's completely dominating the Packers' offense right now. Um, No matter what defense is going against him, he torched the Colts' defense, who's one of the best, if not the best, against the pass. Mm -hmm. And then um, Isaiah Burst, he was a phenomenal receiver. He was a possession receiver. He, unfortunately, he was on the Broncos and the Chargers, I believe, but yep. he never made it past the practice. No, I'm I'm sorry. He did have a couple of games, but um, ended up kind of falling through. And Josh Harper, kind of the same way as Isaiah Burst, on a few teams, couldn't really break through. He, I mean, Derek Carr has never shied away from saying, well, if my number one receiver is covered, I'll go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. He's never done that. And I think a lot of people don't realize that he is that type of a quarterback where he can spread it wherever he wants to. Mm-hmm. I think we saw the struggles that Gruden's offense had on him the first couple of years. I think we saw that. I think he was still learning. This year, he's not learning. He knows the offense, mm-hmm. and he knows what he wants to do with the football. And he knows if the thing that he wants to do isn't there, he knows where to go next. If mm-hmm. that's covered, he knows where to go. To. He's... He checks it down like three or four. I mean, that one passing touchdown to um, to Jason Witten, he went to every single receiver. Mm-hmm. He looked everywhere, saw nothing, rolled out. Obviously, he was pressured too, and sees Witten. There was a mini hole. Boom, he got it there. And you were saying that was a wobbly pass, and I was like, I don't care if it was wobbly pass. <laughs> it got there, right? Yeah. The defender couldn't get it. And mm-hmm. that's all you need. It doesn't. It, the ball doesn't always have to be pretty as long as it gets it gets to where it needs to go. Yeah. Um, I think Derek Carr is a legitimate MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. He has brought the Raiders from 18, 19 years, almost 20 years of crap. Mm-hmm. And now the Raiders are sniffing. And honestly, we're kind of in a bad time because the Chiefs are a phenomenal team. And it's okay, Raider Nation. We can admit the Chiefs are a good team, okay? Yeah. They're a good team. We just know how to play them. And that is benefit to us. And it's unfortunate because now there's there's uh, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert looks really good. And it looks like right now Derek Carr, you know, it looked like Derek Carr was going to be the third um you know, best quarterback in his division. But I think he's made a case where, yeah, Justin Herbert has been good, but they haven't been winning. Mm-hmm. The Raiders, I, I, I think the Chargers have better weapons on offense, 
And I think they have more players on defense with the Chargers. And you see how the Raiders are playing. Yeah. It, it's a big difference. And I think, arguably, I think Derek Carr is the second-best quarterback in that division. And I think, arguably, he might be playing. It's kind of hard for me to put him over Mahomes because Mahomes is still having a fantastic year. Yeah. No question. He has a lot of weapons. And that defense does have a little bit more guys than we do. But I think Derek Carr is playing really close. And every time they've gone head-to-head, Carr has outdueled Mahomes. Yeah. I think... Carr needs to be in the MVP race. I'm not saying Carr should win it. I don't think he's had those that number yet, but I think he needs to be in the discussion. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, the episode that you weren't part of, I made it the point that Derek Carr is a dark horse in the MVP race. And honestly, right now, there's a legitimate argument that he's at least in the top five in terms of you know running for the MVP. Here's what I'll say. In 2016, when he had his MVP season, he only threw for about 64% completion pass under 4,000 yards. Uh, He threw 28 touchdowns, six interceptions, and his quarterback rating was only 96. Today, uh, he is throwing his second season at 70%. He has 19 touchdowns and only three interceptions. And just to be clear, John Gruden took over this Raiders team in 2017. Uh, Derek Carr's interceptions went from 13 and 18 down to 10 last year to eight. And now they're only three. This is the basically Gruden's system has now been ingrained in Derek Carr so much that he is commanding the offense. And honestly, we saw that on full display on Sunday against the chiefs where he was checking down, changing the play, making sure that the, uh, that the protection package was in the right area. So the offensive line was definitely protecting Carr very, very well on Sunday. That's definitely apparent. And honestly, when Carr has a clean pocket, which he's had thankfully all season, he's delivered the ball. Sunday was the perfect example of Derek Carr just basically doing what Derek Carr has been doing since we've seen him play at Fresno State. And there was a play in particular that you and I talked about, Drew, where essentially what happened is, um, you know, he had pressure coming from, uh, a side of the field and he just lobbed it up to um, one of the, I believe it was, I don't remember if it was to Jacobs or it was to Booker, but he just kind of floated up there just right to where it fell right into the receiver's hands. And he was able to continue his stride and not really go back for the ball. And the exact same play was done with Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles where Carson Wentz basically just floated that thing out and it got picked off by the Browns and returned for a pick six. So, you know, just an example of Carr's touch and just being able to deliver the ball and how well he did. And we can honestly say that this is not Derek Carr's best receiving core he's ever had. I think you and I can agree that when he had Crabtree, when he had um, uh, Amari Cooper, Cooper, and there was a a Seth Roberts um, in the red zone, especially he had Mm -hmm. a lot of touchdowns for a short slot receiver. Anyways, we can argue that those were his best three combination receivers. And yet he is making this receiving core with Aguilar and Winfro and uh, Ruggs and uh, at times a Jones and, and Darren Waller, he's making these guys look like the best receiving core he's ever had. And they're not, they're probably there. An argument could be made is they're almost subpar from what he had last year. Cause last year, he had um, Terrell Williams, and he had a couple other guys that were good. Henry Ruggs is obviously an upgrade. Nelson yeah. Aguilar is a good, has been a good player for us this year. And Darren Waller obviously is returning. But 
Derek Carr this year has really elevated this team. And yeah. one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is him continuing to get his pass coverage even more improved. Cause it seems like every week we get one of our new, one of our offensive linemen back and healthy, which mm-hmm. is good. Cause that protects Carr. Cause when Carr is protected in the pocket, he's lethal. And mm-hmm. I think that's what makes him one of those dark horse MVPs is that He's very good about calling the game and running it, and he showed that on Sunday. Had our defense not let us down, he would have beaten Mahomes twice. And he's actually out. He's thrown more touchdowns and more yards than him, has a better quarterback rating and completion completion percentage than Patrick Mahomes this season in head-to-head games. So, you know, Patrick Mahomes clearly is the best quarterback that we've probably ever seen, but Derek Carr definitely is in the top five discussion for MVP for sure, in my opinion. Yeah, I I have no disagreements on that. I I wholeheartedly think, and and you and I were talking about, we were joking, we were both wrong on our top ten quarterbacks list. We forgot about Carr. I mean, I mean, legitimately, I think I would have had Carr at like twelve, mm-hmm. uh, maybe eleven, but I had Wentz over him. You had Tannehill over him. Yeah. And I think we whiffed. I think, honestly, I think Carr, I don't even think Carr is at 10. I think he's above that. I um, would I'd say. Look at my list again, but I mean, for real, I mean, Carr, if he can continue this, and I think he can, I've seen him do this yeah. time and time again. And let's, like, exactly what you said, Carr has had not so great <laughs> uh, receiving cores. Right. And imagine if we had AB. I mean, oh, yeah. I saw a tweet. It was like someone someone put because uh, it was during the uh, the Buccaneers game, and when they it was actually when they lost. And he was like, imagine Antonio Brown could have been on the Raiders and had Derek Carr, who's got a seventy percent completion percentage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's funny because it's like, yeah, seriously, imagine if he would have just shut up and actually seen what Carr could do, and. You know what's funny is I don't think it was I don't think it was Carr I don't think it was like oh I don't, I wanted to be out of there I think he's just AB got some issues doing what AB does we have no yeah idea. And I think he just has some issues but for the most part I think AB would still be as relevant if he were on the Raiders versus um, him being with Tampa Bay and I'm not saying he's terrible in Tampa Bay but. I mean, he's missed the last two years. <laughs> I mean, I I think that AB could be could have could be like at twelve hundred yards by now, maybe ten to twelve yeah. touchdowns with Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr would have given him career high in yards and touchdown passes. I because I think that John Gruden was so in love with AB, and I think AB would have been a perfect receiver for Carr. Because of course, yep. when Carr gets out of the pocket or when he needs to like move with his legs, yep. again, Carr doesn't always think about running. He's still looking down the field. AB would be that is always that receiver that breaks yep. away from the route and then comes back to the ball. And yep. Derek Carr would be finding him everywhere. He would be essentially he would be what Michael Crabtree should have been for Derek Carr, yep. where he not only is that elite receiver, but it runs the runs beautiful routes and he's always open and he's always reliable catching the ball. Where sometimes Crabtree, you know, would drop an error and pass, or you yep. feel like Crabtree couldn't run the route as crisp as he has he should you know but yeah which is which is kind of disappointing as a raider fan because then the question is if we had a b would we have drafted henry ruggs or would we have focused on the defense 
I think we would have focused on the defense, but who knows? I mean, maybe maybe we get rugs, and I think rugs would learn a lot from AB. I don't think AB is that type of player who wouldn't work with them because I mean, we saw what AB did with Juju Smith. Schuster. Yeah, but we also and, saw that relationship and how toxic it is now. So, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, you got a point there, but I mean, Juju is is still a, a good receiver. I don't think he's what he was, but mm-hmm. it helped when he had AB, and that's that's the reality of it. I think um, we could have had that, and I think we could have had that with Tyrell uh, Tyrell Williams, um, but unfortunately, you know, he he's hurt, and that that kind of sucks. But like you said, with Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles were like, they couldn't get rid of him fast enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, they wanted to trade him and they couldn't. Well, that's, how, I mean, that's how bad. There's a, there was a freaking meme of, we were catching babies outside the window, unlike Aguilar. Right. We, I mean, there was a freaking <laughs> meme about it all over Twitter. And now look at him. I mean, yeah, he still has a couple of drops and it, it sometimes it'll kill us. But you know what? For the most part, six catches and a touchdown, mm-hmm. I'll take it. I mean, that's... That's good. Yeah. Oh, well, it's awesome. All right. All right. So we need to get a little bit of um, Lakers discussion, Cody. Um, as Derek Carr so fun put, he uh, Mamba in one of the uh, changing up the play. I think he was Mamba, Georgia. Yeah. I think that was like the. That. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so he, yeah, he was doing that. Uh, but anyway, that's my that's my segue. It was it was a crap segue. I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> come back to me next week i'll have better i'll uh i want my son in my arms um he's messing up my game but uh yeah the lakers <laughs> you know what it's just funny because you and i we were like man i you know i wonder who they're gonna go after we'll probably keep rondo we'll probably keep danny green again mm-hmm. um you know we'll probably get kcp back i wonder if we're gonna trade kuzma some Marcus Saul, which I don't know how in the world the Lakers swung that, but we got Marcus Saul. So now we've had Paul Gasol, and now we have Marcus Saul, his right. brother. So, and I heard something where you know a lot of people were saying, "Well, Marcus Saul, I don't know if he's the greatest fit." Marcus Saul is a shooting center, which mm-hmm. we have not had. We haven't had that. Javale McGee was a was a great rim protector, and he was a. a Basically an alley ooper, which mm-hmm. uh, I'm not hating on. I, I like McGee. Uh, Dwight Howard, kind of the same way, but he got into foul trouble a lot. The benefit with having Dwight Howard in the final, in the finals, and in the uh, Western Conference Finals, was he got into the heads of whoever he was against. He was just constantly talking, mm-hmm. and a lot of people were like, "Dwight Howard isn't even that effective." He was getting in their heads, and that's mm-hmm. how he was trying to be effective. And hey, it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Marcus Gasol, he's a great passer. Um, he can shoot the three when he needs to. Uh, he's a he's a good uh, free throw shooter. Uh, he's a good rim protector. He's actually got some good defense. So Marcus Saul, in my opinion, is a better overall player than having Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. I think he helps us out tremendously. Now, is yeah. he old? Yes. Is he going to play uh, a ton of minutes? No, I don't think so. I think he'll. I think his minutes will be uh, low. But you get Montrezl Harrell, 
with and a lot of people were saying, well, Montrezl Harrell, his defense is bad. Yeah, against Anthony Davis. Now he's playing with <laughs> Anthony Davis. Right. Imagine what Harrell's going to do now. Right. Uh, Harrell's going to have, he's not going to have to guard the biggest guy anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to guard someone a little bit closer to his size. And I think also Harrell is a good offensive player. Mm-hmm. He's not a great shooter, but listen, if you have Marcus All and Harrell out on the same time, um, you can leave Gasol out. He doesn't even have to be on the inside on offense. You can have Harrell on the inside. Um, and it'll automatically be a mismatch because you can't put, you know, uh, Trey Young on Mark Gasol. Okay. Like right. you have to put someone who's got some hype to him. So I think it's a great, a great signing. Uh, we got Wes Matthews, which is going to have out the bench immensely mm-hmm. because not only is he a younger player, but he can shoot a three. He's and like a younger cool. version of Danny Green. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, maybe not as accurate as Danny Green. I know last year Danny Green was the best three shooter, mm-hmm. but I think Wes Matthews is um, still learning or still getting better with his shooting. Um, but that that benefits us because he's get, he's only getting better. Yeah, um, and that's going to help out our defense. He's a he's a really good defender, like you said. He's younger, so he's going to be a little more athletic than what Danny Green was. Um, Dennis Schroeder. I oh, love gosh, this yeah. guy. This guy to me is a younger Rondo. That's exactly who he reminds me of. And I think he's a more accurate shooter than what mm-hmm. Rondo was. And Rondo was hitting his threes this past year. Dennis Schroeder, he was, you could make an argument that if it wasn't for Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder would have still been making that Thunder team work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schroeder is a good player. He's a good defender. He's yeah. really good. Um, I, I think that's been one of his most underrated. Um, I, I think that's his most underrated um, gameplay is his mm-hmm. defense. I think his defense is not talked about as much as it should. Um, I don't think he's going to pass or that Rondo is, mm-hmm. but he is a, I mean, he's a point guard. He knows how to play the position and he plays it well. He doesn't turn the ball over a ton. That's what we need. I mean, it's ridiculous that yeah. not only did we win the NBA championship in 2020, and I know some people want to say, oh, Astrid, or, oh, it was cheap, blah, blah, blah. Listen, Chris Paul goes to the Suns. That's a big deal. Yeah. But they don't have a lot of depth. They got rid of Oubre, who I thought they should have kept. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they could have. But um, I thought, you know, with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton, that's a good starting lineup right there. Mm-hmm. But when you get into the bench and, and I think Colin Cowherd, uh, I listened to him today. Um, he was talking about, can you win those six minutes that LeBron James is not on the floor? And he goes with Harold Schroeder, Matthews, Gasol. And then even if AD's off, you, those four guys that they just signed, they could, not only do you think they could survive those six minutes, but they could win those mm-hmm. six minutes. And don't How forget, do stop we, that and we've kept Kuzma too. I mean, I know that Kuzma has been floated around in some trade talks um, earlier oh. this uh, free agency. I think he was talked about getting uh, Bogdanovic, I think his name is, from the Sacramento Kings because Luke Walton. Bogdan, Bogdanovich. Yeah, because um, Luke Walton's in love with uh, – with uh, Kyle Kuzma, but obviously we've kept on to Kuzma. I actually, I really like that we traded McGee 
or JaVel McGee for Alfonso McKinney. Um, and I know that we also did Jordan Bell, but we let him go. But I'm actually I'm curious to see how Alfonso McKinney develops with the Lakers with LeBron, because when he was with the Warriors, he was like a player that was just scratching the surface with his abilities. And I'm just I'm not even talking about him athletically. I'm talking about him shooting wise. And I think that not only did we get younger, but we got better depth than what we had. And we got to keep KCP. So a lot of the players that really made a difference for us in the championship, we were able to keep and we were able to get back a lot of good assets, getting, you know, trading, uh, 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 trading green, uh, trading McGee, you know, even though we let uh, Rondo walk and even though, um, you know, we weren't able to um, sign really anybody else other than Morris, uh, we were able to sign him back, but we got younger and we got um, basically the sixth man of the year and the runner up to, for depth on the bench. (laughs) So, we're oh and Dwight Howard is who I was thinking of who we let go um but I think the Lakers are now like borderline like a like a juggernaut like a super team now like Clippers what are you gonna do there's nothing left in free agency that you could do even with you have a full strength Paul George and a full strength Kawhi Leonard that is not enough to get you a championship because you proved that last year and this year the Lakers got better and younger so you know, I don't want to say the repeats in the bag because I'm curious to see how the season's going to play out. But the Raiders, uh, the Raiders, <laughs> the Lakers <laughs> had needs in the interior, uh, 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 off the bench, and also uh, getting younger and more athletic. And we've hit every single one of those. Yeah. Granted, do I want us to kind of go after maybe one more shooter? Sure, but that's really not a priority considering that a lot of the upgrades that we that we did make are primarily shooters to begin with, but they're also very athletic they're very versatile so i'm very curious to see how this is going to go um you know the season starts up in like what a month literally like 30 days i think so i'm curious to see the the lakers training camp the you know vogel putting this all together and and ad and lebron coming back and and looking good so yeah i mean listen uh i think i did want to touch on this i think harold signing with the lakers does go to show that there were players who didn't want to hear it from Paul George. And I, I, I like Paul George. It's, I don't want to slander him, but um, I do think that story that came out afterwards, after the Clippers were out, after they were eliminated, and then it was there was a story that uh, George was trying to tell the team, hey, listen, you know, we're going to get it back next year. We're going to play harder. We're going to be better. And basically everyone, a lot of the guys rolled their eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think Harold signing with the Lakers kind of really puts the stamp of approval on that story mm-hmm. of because Patrick Beverly tweeted out, he was like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. And there was a story that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were upset that Harold left. So listen, they got Serge Ibaka. Would I take Ibaka over Harrell? I think I would, honestly, because Ibaka yeah. has created his own. Uh, he's actually been a really good, uh, decent three-shooter and, and uh, pull-up jumper. Um, Harrell's going to be more a, um, uh, how do you say, um, I guess a momentum kind of guy. You yeah, know, he's, he's going to be one of those guys. Who's, yeah, he's going to give you 100% and nothing less. Um, but... You know what? With the with the fit for the Lakers, 
I think Harrell fits perfectly because now you can rotate Anthony Davis out. You can rotate Mark Gasol out um, and put in Harrell. And he could do, he could play the five, he could play the four, and sometimes he could probably even play the three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the Lakers, I think this, this NBA finals, they showed you, we'll put on whoever we need to put you, put on. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. If Kawhi Leonard's out there, we'll put LeBron on him, we'll put AD on him, we'll put, now you'll, now you'll put Harold on him, now you'll, you can put Gasol on him, uh, you can put Schroeder on him. You, you're not going to shy away with any of your guys. KCP as well. I, I keep forgetting about him. I think the Lakers not only got depth, but they got guys who can guard every single position. Mm-hmm. And I think that is huge, especially in today's game. Because now nothing but pick and rolls, everyone's switching on defense. Now you feel great about it, no matter when it happens, what happens. Kyle Kuzma even though he's not the greatest defender, there were a couple of times where he was guarding a point guard and he actually did really well. Mm-hmm. And there were times where he was guarding a center and he actually got great positions. So mm-hmm. listen, I, I like this team a lot. And I, I heard someone saying that they're like, well, if it's, if it's the field or the Lakers, I think the Lakers are still the favorite. I don't know if I'm going to go that far because you, you never know with injuries. You never know with other teams, maybe, chemistry is a little bit better but as of right now on paper and specifically after we've seen this team win something um it's kind of hard to pick against the lakers and i love it yeah for sure couldn't say it better (laughs) myself all right man well um i let me just get to this real quick i i didn't i didn't really want to talk a lot about it um you know, we have had uh, Paul Leffler on here, obviously the voice of the Bulldogs. We've been trying to talk about Fresno State football. They've done really good. Their last game, uh, they beat up on a Utah State team, and it looked like Utah State shouldn't have been on the same field in that game. <laughs> um, but um, unfortunately, with COVID issues, uh, obviously, like we said, Fresno going in the purple tier and kind of a really high-end purple tier Um Fresno State, uh, they actually got their game canceled between arrival of San Jose State and then actually this week as well. Um, our other game, uh, shoot, I I forget who we were playing, um, but I believe – I want to say Nevada, but I'm going to look that up. But um, unfortunately, that game State. is canceled as well. I'm sorry, what? San Diego State. Oh, San Diego State. So mm-hmm. those were two big games that we were supposed to have, and unfortunately, um, both games have been canceled. Um, it's frustrating, yes. There's a lot of people I, I've seen, even uh, guys on um, uh, guys on uh, on the Fresno State team kind of tweet out, like, you know, let us play, man. This This contact tracing stuff is dumb. Listen. I, I I wish we could play, but here's the thing. We have to be on the precaution side. We have to. As much as you want to play, as much as everyone wants to see you play, especially here in Fresno, um, you know, we have to be cautious. Uh, obviously, numbers are going up. Um, you may not be affected, but someone else might. And that's the issue. And if if there were something where we could specifically say, you will be fine if you contract it. Then 
it's a different story. But because we have no idea how each individual person is going to react to this thing, they have to be cautious. It sucks. Yes. Those are two big games that I hope that they will um, have them, uh, you know, kind of make up. But as of right now, it doesn't look like they're going to. And, um, you know, Fresno State actually looked pretty good. They had a rough first game. Uh, against a, a good Hawaii team, but honestly, that Hawaii team um, has a couple of years under their belt with their coach, so they kind of had uh, some good uh, chemistry, and Fresno State was kind of a new team. They were the last team in the Mountain West to practice, so that made it even more difficult uh, with a new head coach, new quarterback. Um, but... Um, you know, then the last three games they were rolling and it was, it was looking good. And unfortunately it's kind of stalled right now and, and uh, it sucks, but you know what? Hey, Fresno state, we're still here to support you. Uh, I know their basketball team is going to start up soon. Um, they kind of released their uh, schedule, which is cool. I wish we could go see a game Cody. Cause I know every year we end up going um and uh, we always go see at least a girls game and a guys game <laughs> it seems like yeah. every single year we're always going to one um and uh you know i wish we could go see the fresno state football team uh yeah. but uh, unfortunately right now it's just not in the case and listen go dogs bulldog born bulldog bread we love them but you know we understand um and hopefully they get to make it up so i did want to bring that up yeah, hopefully. I mean, their last game, like what you mentioned with Utah State, it was phenomenal. Uh, Jake Hayner couldn't have played any better. Cropper got involved. Oh, Rivers was running wild. And, uh, you know, they were on a three-game winning streak after the first game that they kind of uh, lost to Hawaii. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully we can uh, get back uh, under control here in this county so that way, you know, we can have some football and hopefully – you know, I don't know what it'll mean for us if they continue on with adding games, maybe like sporadically here and there. Cause I think we only have two more left after this week. And I think we've yeah. only played a total of four games. So we'll have like a six game schedule, <laughs> even if we're allowed to play again. So we'll see, but Fresno state though, like what, uh, like what uh, Paul had said is that their defense is going to be underrated, which it showed out, um, you know, at the start of their three game winning streak against Colorado state. Um, and he yeah. said, Jake Hayner is going to be, is going to be someone that's not afraid to spread the ball. And he's going to be a gunslinger and he's going to bring a different level of this offense. And he wasn't lying, man. When, when Hayner settled in, um, he was lighting them up. He threw for over 400 yards the last game and, uh, half of those were to Cropper and they just had this beautiful chemistry and they're yeah. dangerous, man. I'm hoping that Hayner stays one more year. And if we can, you know, next season, if this is, if we're not playing any more games, if next season we bring everybody back, man, it's going to be a dangerous squad. So. Hayner's got an arm and Paul also did say on the podcast, get ready for Jalen Cropper because he's going to have at least three top sports center, top 10 plays. And I don't know if he was on uh, sports center, top 10 plays for the Utah state, but he had what eleven catches, like two hundred and two yards. Yeah, and he had three touchdowns. It was ridiculous. Yeah, he had yep. a game. I mean, Cropper. And I was saying, I I was saying on here, I want more Cropper. I've seen what he can do. I want more Cropper. And I think Hayner listened and he delivered. 
So you're welcome, Hainer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't take credit for that. I'm sure Paul was like, listen. Paul's like, hey, they're going to talk there. about you a lot, but uh, yeah. Down. <laughs> down. <laughs> no, but I mean, for real, I mean, that's what I had seen with Jalen Cropper. I mean, I've seen, like I said, I saw him in high school and I saw what he could do. Um, and he was a, he was a high recruit. It's not like he was a kid who, um, was like a one star. He was, he had some, I think he was getting offers from like UCLA, USC type stuff. And he ended up staying here. So, um, that, that should tell you at least a little bit about what this kid can, can really do. And, and yeah. Hainer saw it almost immediately. And yeah, like you said, they got a great relationship with each other. So, yeah, unfortunately we don't get to see it, but, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully next week it'll be fine. So, all right, Cody, any final thoughts from you, man? No. Um, gosh, I, I'm really excited for the Raiders' upcoming game against the Falcons. Uh, I know that there have been uh, – the Falcons are kind of like this uh, no-man's uh, NFC team, I guess. They're, like, really good, but they're not making a playoff push. So I'm really hoping that the Raiders continue their momentum. Even though we lost against the Chiefs, I really, really, really love um, how we played, and I hope we continue that for – the next few games. Cause uh, you know, you and I were talking and we're going to need all the wins we can get to get a good uh, place in the playoffs and a good seating. Cause AFC is looking really competitive. So, you know, I think that's what I'm looking forward to looking forward to. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Derek Carr for MVP. Uh, uh, <laughs> just wanted to say go check us out on social media uh, which is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram that is going to be at Drew Code Sports Talk uh, also go check out our YouTube channel which I'm sure Cody will put a couple of videos from this week's episode on there so if you want to see what we look like if you want to see my fantasy football trophy which is probably going to go away from me this year um, <laughs> if you want to see uh uh, you know, Brandon Bell and Noah Lowry. Uh, if you're not a Giants fan, you have no idea who Noah Lowry is. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, or if you haven't been a Giants fan for a while. Uh, anyway, um, you know, go check us out. Look us up. You know, like, comment, uh, subscribe, all that jazz. Please go do that. If you have any questions, please ask questions. We want to hear from you guys. We want to we want to respond to you guys. Uh as much as we can um also go check us out on uh, all the major podcast site that being apple podcast google podcast spotify and iheart go check us out subscribe rate and review anything and everything does help even if it's a one star it'll help us get better so uh please go do that we appreciate all that and also go check out fnxfitness.com they got great workout gear, great workout supplements. I know here in California, that kind of sucks because I literally just got, they have a new uh, protein uh, peanut butter cup and I was so mm. excited and I went and bought it. And then I also got my creatine from there because I had just run out. So I bought it and then that's when we shut down and I was like, oh my God, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> I like, uh, that's why I'm trying to do stuff here at home so I can, I can use it. But um Go check it out. They got really great stuff. They have plant-based stuff. Um, they have specific like proteins that you want for like mornings, nights. Uh, however you do it, uh, you know they have um, also like 
uh, you know, fish oils and, and just great supplement stuff. They got protein bars there. Go check it out. They got some great gear. Um, they have even one of those. I don't know what you call them. It's the mask, but it's one of those that go around your neck and you it's just like a face bring it up. Cody bought one. Yeah, Cody bought one. It look, it's really cool. Um, Cody's wearing a hat from there. He's wearing a shirt. So go check us out on YouTube so you can see what it kind of looks like. He's got a you know um, a shaker. Um, I literally have a shirt and uh i always buy all the protein stuff <laughs> that's about <laughs> it right now but uh yeah go check it out it, it's all good stuff um and cody will actually explain to you how you can get 15 percent off your whole purchase that's right guys all you guys got to do is go to drewcodesportstock.com on our homepage. we have a link called partners that you click on and then there's a special link that you guys can click on for fnx fit to then begin your guys' shopping and get your supplements like what drew was saying to get your uh you know your fish oils your creatines your protein powders or even get some gear i'm wearing the hat right now and i've got the shirt um i do have the face sleeve that has their logo on it which i highly recommend you guys if you guys want some sort of breathing material while you're working out um and one that's not just a mask it just kind of can go over your face really easily yeah, i highly recommend it i mean it is a five out of five stars for me for that so it, i would i would definitely spend the money just on that alone but however if you guys want to purchase a ton of stuff and you guys want to get some savings on that you guys want to use the promo code DrewCode15 to get 15% off your purchase. Um, and now with Black Friday going on, they're going to have a lot more sales going on. So definitely check out all that stuff when you guys get a chance. Also, while you guys are on our website and browsing around, don't forget to go over to our Two Bays in a Pod link. We actually have a new episode that's up right now that had Brad Potter returning, which has been phenomenal. It was our top five celebrity man crushes, and we had a lot of fun with that. Uh, we'd love to hear who your guys' man crushes are. So on that uh, on that site, you guys can also leave us uh, comments or questions or suggestions for topics. So highly recommend using that. And while you're there, you guys can listen to full episodes of not only Two Bays in a Pod, but also Drew Code Sports Talk and watch some YouTube videos, get the chance to see us. And you guys can also send us over emails or comments, like I mentioned. So I think that's pretty much it. If you guys uh, like this, go ahead and uh, obviously like. Don't forget to rate and review like what Drew said. And uh, we can't wait to see you guys next week. So with all that being said, we'll see you. Happy Thanksgiving.